just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast, headed into another day. You know, in the last podcast, I was talking about this being the first full work week for Congress. Things were going to get back on track, but it turns out there's going to be a bit of a delay on that. There was a snowstorm that dumped a ton of snow on Washington, D.C., 14 inches. Now, you have to understand about Washington, D.C., you get three inches there and it shuts things down. This is 14 inches of snow and Nothing is happening. Nothing is moving. They don't really have the equipment to move snow like we do here in Minnesota. So everything takes a lot longer. It's a lot bigger problem. And it reminds me of an experience I had in Washington, D.C. I went there one time for some kind of business thing with the radio station I was working for. Uh, I got there, and it started to snow. I'm sitting in Georgetown eating dinner with some friends that live there. It starts to snow, and they start freaking out. I go, what's the big deal? It's snowing. I mean, we get snow in Minnesota all the time. And they're worried about two or three inches. But when I woke up the next morning, it was, in fact, like 12 or 13 inches. Now, even for Minnesota, that's a lot of snow. But in Minnesota, there's enough equipment and people that know what to do with this stuff. It does get cleared off within several hours. Not in D.C., This is going to take days to get this cleared off. And I needed to get back to the airport and fly the hell out of there to come back home because I had to work. Well, I'm in the hotel and I'm supposed to get a shuttle from the hotel (laughs) to the airport. And the snow has pretty much stopped, but there's a lot of snow on the ground. And it's not that comfortable for people who aren't used to snow to drive in it. So I went to the front desk and I I spoke to the woman who was driving the shuttle and I said, we're not driving in this shit. There is no way. We don't understand it. We don't have any experience with it. We're not going to do it. And I looked at him and I said, you know, dude, it's not that big a deal. I drive through this stuff all the time in uh, Minnesota. I know how to drive in this stuff. And they said, well, maybe you should drive. I said, what do you mean? said, do you want to drive the van out there? I said, hell yes, I'll drive the van out there if it gets me to the airport. So the woman who's the driver came along with me. I drive the van in, try to explain to her how to do all this shit. We get to the airport. It's slow because traffic is heavy and the roads aren't in the best condition. So we get to the airport. I get out. I give her a tip. I say, thank you very much. And then it hits her. (laughs) It hits her. She's got to drive back. (laughs) She wasn't thinking about that, and now she was not happy. So I gave her some encouragement, told her to think about what I did when I was driving here, and you'll get back just fine. Just take it slow. Give a lot of distance between you and the cars in front of you. You'll be fine. Well, she was shaking like a leaf, but she got back in the van and headed back toward the hotel. Now, what I didn't know (laughs) when I got into the airport, I think it was Reagan National, um... When I got in there, um, everything was slow with the planes. All planes were delayed. So I'm talking 
I sat there for six or seven hours in Reagan National before I could even get out of there. And when I finally did get out of there, I was relieved. But I got back home very late. It was a mess. So anyway, my point is they got 14 inches of snow in D.C. yesterday. And uh, that's causing problems, as it did when I was there. So nobody really did anything today. Then you throw in the fact that uh, the doctor who oversees Congress, both the Senate and the House, is saying that uh, Omicron and COVID are running rampant in D.C. So if you can work from home, telecommute, if you can do that instead of coming in, that would be much preferred because apparently there's a lot of issues with the virus and Omicron and COVID and Delta and whatever it is. You know, a lot of people are feeling a certain amount of relief about the virus now because the dominant strain is Omicron, and it's maybe not as dangerous uh, as far as hospitalizations and deaths as it is with Delta. It is the dominant strain. But if it gets to people that are unvaccinated and it gets to people that maybe are compromised in some way or vulnerable, it's still going to cause hospitalizations and death. But here's what you need to understand. Yes, Omicron is the dominant virus. 60% of all viruses out there now, new cases, are Omicron. But 40% of them are still Delta. Now, we know Delta is dangerous. We've got 800,000 people dead, and Delta was a big part of that. So don't get too comfortable and saying, well, maybe I should just get it and get it over with. You could do that if it was Omicron, but if it's 60-40, you don't know which one you're going to get, and you don't want to get it. Now, if you're vaccinated, have the booster, you'll be fine. But you'll go through some days where you don't feel very good, and if you can avoid that, that would make some sense. So make sure you're using your mask. So we were expecting a lot of action. First day, hit the ground running in D.C. with Congress. But uh, while there's been a lot of stuff going on, not much action in the Senate and the House because of the snow. We'll see how this week goes because we've got a lot of things on tap to happen in D.C. this week. Now, you may have heard that New York Attorney General Letitia James just issued subpoenas to Donald Trump Jr., and Ivanka Trump. A couple things to remember. They've already deposed Eric Trump some time back. And this is all about dealings with the company, the uh, the Trump organization. Um, There's a lot of issues with the Trump organization. Needless to say, there's a lot of underhanded shit going on with running that company. Now, Donald Trump has also received a subpoena, and he's trying to do everything he can to block it so he doesn't have to talk. That's already started with Ivanka and Don Jr., too. They're trying to play every game, plead every possible thing to stop them from having to appear for that subpoena. Now, I will tell you, this has happened before with the Trump Organization. They've been sued many times. The uh, Attorney General has gone after them many times in the past, you know, for charitable organizations, for... uh, some of the companies he's run, the casinos and all this other shit. So this isn't new for the Trumps. And to be perfectly honest with you, as much as they want to avoid those subpoenas, 
They've always lost in the past. They've always had to appear for the subpoenas. So all they're really doing is trying to waste time, which seems stupid. If it's inevitable that you're going to talk, why waste all that money and time just to delay it? You don't think the state of New York is going to get worn out and tired and just not call you? Come on. They're going to get you. You're going to testify. Now, the one thing you have to understand with Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, what's going on here is civil. It's not criminal. It's a civil case. And what Donald Trump and his organization has been doing for decades and decades, all the way back to Fred Trump, Donnie's dad, this has been a common practice. What they do is they will, and I've I've explained this before and I'll explain it again. They take their properties and what they do is they um, pump up the values of their properties and claims and then they diminish the value of their properties given the circumstances. So if, if you're going to get a bank loan on a building that's worth $10 million, what they will do is they'll go in and say, this building is worth $50 million. So they get more money. They would do the same with insurance companies if they have claims and that sort of thing. Something happens, they've got a claim, you've got a $10 million building, they're going to say it's $50 million. Now that's bank fraud and insurance fraud. But on the other end of the spectrum, here's what they do when they go to the IRS or state taxes or whatever. Then they'll claim this $10 million building is actually only worth $2 million. So they have to pay less taxes. Now that's tax fraud. This is something they haven't really hidden. We know they have two sets of books. The uh, attorney general knows they have two sets of books. And so they've got them dead to rights. And if they're um, subpoena, sending subpoenas to Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and some of these other people, that means this case is about 95% done. They're just about done. They're going to wrap it up by talking to these people. So they already know what they need to know. They want to see if the Trumps are going to lie or what other kind of bullshit they're going to put out there. They will try to delay it, but they will lose, and they will have to testify. All it will take is a little more time. And this is the least of the concerns for the people of this country. This is a civil case. But what's troubling Donald Trump about this civil case is, you'll remember that Letitia James and Cyrus Vance of the Manhattan District decided to work together You see, whatever comes out in the civil case can now be used in the criminal case. And that's problematic for Donald Trump and the Trump family. And Donald Trump doesn't like that. He's trying to use that as an excuse not to accept the subpoena. But that's not a thing. That's not a law. That's not a rule. That's just something he pulled out of his ass and is putting out there to see what happens. Ultimately, he will have to be deposed. So will his kids. Eric Trump has already been deposed. So the attorney general is honing in on what's going on on a civil level in terms of his company. And there's a lot of bad shit going on. So that's going to be a problem for Donald Trump ultimately. Going to cost him a lot of money, maybe shut down his business, all kinds of things. And then that coupled with the Manhattan District, the criminal elements of this whole case— 
And as I said, we're talking about tax fraud. We're talking about insurance fraud. We're talking about bank fraud. Those are all big deals. People go to jail for those sorts of things. And once it gets out of the civil thing over to the criminal thing, this is going to be a big mess for Donald Trump. Now, um, the, 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 the thing is, is, as I say, this has been going on for decades. Fred Trump taught Donald Trump. Donald Trump, no doubt, taught Eric Don Jr. and Ivanka Trump this. It's a very obvious ploy. If I want to get more money from a bank, I act like I have more value in my prom- property. If I got to pay taxes, I don't want a lot of value in my property. So I don't have to pay as many taxes. It's a pretty obvious thing. And they've been doing it for decades. They got two sets of books. They're getting caught. This is all exposed now to the Attorney General and to the Manhattan District for that matter. So we'll see we'll see what uh what occurs with the Attorney General. It's going to be interesting, but Letitia James is pretty pretty tenacious. She wants Donald Trump. She was going to run for governor, and instead she said, you know, I want to fuck with Donald Trump a little bit more. So now she's not running for governor. She may have not had a a good possibility of winning the case, and that may be part of it, but she's the right woman to have on the job going after Donald Trump, at least with regards to his business on a civil level. You know, when we're looking at what's going on in this country now with the Congress and and all the people they're subpoenaing, they're sending subpoenas to and what they're doing, it's very clear that the House Select Committee has really tapped in and broken through the obstruction in the Trump administration and the Trump family. There's a lot of stuff coming out now, and there's going to be more and more stuff coming out People are going to be exposed to what's happening. As I've said before, there are going to be um, public hearings on television during prime time. And uh, that is going to um, expose who these people are. And it's going to be ongoing up until November of 2022. So everybody knows before there is any kind of election what kind of things we're dealing with with these people. I wanted to bring something else up, too. We've got January 6th coming up this week, the year anniversary of the insurrection on January 6th on the U.S. Capitol. That is this Thursday. Now, what's interesting is that uh, Nancy Pelosi announced there'll be a day of commemoration that day. There'll be some events and some... I don't know, some meetings and whatever they're going to do about January 6th. And I think that's important because you've got to keep that in the narrative. There are a lot of people that still aren't buying that it was an insurrection, in spite of the fact that it was on TV and we keep seeing video te- videos of it now in different hearings and such. What you have to understand is there is no way the Democrats are going to sway everybody to believe it was an insurrection. I heard somebody on TV explain it this way, and this is a good explanation. There's a third of the country that will not believe that it was an insurrection, that these were patriots, that all they did was try to save this country. 
On the other end of the spectrum, there's a third of the people that believe this is absolutely insurrection, it's unacceptable, and it's potentially stealing our democracy. But there's a third in the middle. There's a third in the middle. And these people probably don't side with the trump But they've got bigger concerns, whether it be inflation, whether it be health care, whatever it might be. They're not paying attention to the insurrection. They're playing into what the uh, Republicans have said. Well, that's done. Let's just move on and take care of the things that are important. Now, I understand that point of view, but the fact of the matter is that insurrection is absolutely important to us. We can't afford to happen again. And if, if we don't investigate it, we don't expose it and hold people accountable, we almost certainly will experience another insurrection. And this country cannot survive another insurrection, especially when there might be some possibility that they would be successful. So that, those people in the third, in the middle, are the ones that aren't siding all the way with the people who think it's important. They have other ideas that are important. So now when they're doing these hearings and releasing information and offering up subpoenas, the goal here is trying to sway a lot, if not all, of those people in the middle. The people who already believe it was an insurrection, you don't have to do much about. They understand the seriousness of this situation. But those people in the middle third are the ones that have to be convinced. We're going to put the information out. It's going to be in public hearings. It's going to be in um, in the news constantly between now and November 2022. They are not going to sway the third that are just Trump the Fox. But if we can get that middle third to sway the way of truth and justice and democracy, then it's going to be a problem for the Trumplicans. Two-thirds against a third, they don't have a prayer. But they have to promote this, put out the information, make sure everybody sees it, understands it, and considers the importance of it. So what the House Select Committee will be doing as they're presenting all this new information and all these people that were connected is trying to convince that middle third to do the right thing, understand that all the things they consider important are, but this situation The situation with the insurrection is also important. It may be the most important thing at this point, because if we don't have a democracy, all this other bullshit goes away anyway. We need them to understand that. We need them to act on that. And we need them to look to the uh, Democrats and make sure we don't ever have this happen again. So um, that's that's the important thing here is about exposure you know as well as i do that the uh, house of representatives or the house select committee can't charge anybody with anything they're just doing the investigation and this investigation is going to bring out information to the public now the only thing that the House of Representatives can do once they reveal this information is to refer it to the DOJ to consider it being prosecuted, indicted and prosecuted. Then it's on the DOJ. They are the legal people in this country. So they get the investigations, they get the information, and then they decide whether to prosecute. 
and the House Select Committee, Benny Thompson, has as much as said that there will be criminal referrals to the DOJ, not just about the subpoenas, but about other, the other offenses that they are uncovering in their investigation. Remember, they talked to 300 people. Some people don't want to talk, and they may charge them, they may not. But the fact of the matter is they probably have as much information as they need. They just want to finish it off by talking to the actual culprits, sitting members of Congress, Mark Meadows, Donald Trump, Trump Jr., Ivanka, Eric, all those people. They want to talk talk to them to finish it up to see what they do. Now, chances are, if they do come to the subpoena, and uh, they're going to plead the fifth, or they're going to lie, which wouldn't be a good move, because lying to Congress is a criminal offense, and you do go to jail for that. And that's probably one of the reasons why Donald Trump is so afraid of actually testifying, because he can't help but lie. If they don't get him for anything else, they'll get him for lying to Congress, because he most certainly will lie to Congress in this situation. I know a lot of people are out there saying, yeah, but what is the DOJ doing? I mean, is the DOJ even doing anything? And frankly, we haven't heard a lot about that. We don't know. We don't know if they're doing anything. Well, when we come back after this break, I have a story that might tell us something. Some other things that are happening in the, uh, in the House and the Senate. So stick with me here. We'll be right back. So we've been hearing a lot out of the House Select Committee, and we'll be hearing more and more. But the question always is, what about the DOJ? When is Merrick Garland going to be doing something? Now, people will tell us that there are investigations, but they don't expose that because that's how the DOJ works. They don't tell you anything while they're in the middle of an investigation. And while that might be true, it would be interesting to know if anything at all is going on. Because many of us think, well, Merrick Garland will just let it go because it's too political. Well, something interesting that's coming up on Wednesday, January 5th, the day before the year anniversary of the insurrection, Merrick Garland is going to speak to his staff, but he's going to do it in public forum as well. It'll be on TV and there'll be recordings and all that sort of stuff. But he's going to be talking specifically about the investigations and the prosecution of uh, the insurrection, January 6th. So this is going to be really interesting. No doubt he's going to be talking about the perpetrators, the people that crashed into the U.S. Capitol. There have been 720 people charged, a number of people prosecuted, another bunch of people convicted. He'll no doubt talk about that. But I have a feeling he's been hearing the rants by people like us, like saying, what are you doing? We are now finally seeing how people in Congress and Donald Trump were actually part of the planning, the facilitating of this insurrection. And now Merrick Garland is going to talk. But what's he going to say? He can talk about the people that were already arrested and the prosecution and stuff, and he will no doubt do that, and he'll probably do that first. But you know he's starting to feel the pressure, all the people talking about, you're doing nothing, what are you doing? Come on, tell us what you're doing. So I don't know to what extent Merrick Garland will explain what's happening, but my guess is he's going to talk enough to make people feel confident 
that something is also going on with investigations with those sitting members of Congress, the president and the administration. That would be the smart thing to do. He won't tell you specifically what they're doing or when it's all going to come down, but he needs to say something along those lines. He's getting all kinds of heat at this point, and he needs to speak up. Well, now he has a scheduled date, Wednesday, January 5th. He's going to give a presentation to the staff, but it will be on TV as well. So we will get to hear what, in fact, is going on. Again, Mayor Garland's very, very close to the vest on these sorts of things. So don't expect a whole lot, but he needs to give us an inkling that he's thinking about those people that help plan and facilitate the insurrection, people in Congress, Trump, Trump administration. We need to hear that. He may say, well, we'll wait for our referrals from the House Select Committee, which is kind of a bullshit answer, but at least he's thinking about it. I'm going to be very anxious to see what he says in that talk. If he completely blows it out of the water and just talks about those who have been indicted and prosecuted and convicted and then leaves it at that and tells us nothing about the other with the members of Congress and such, I'm going to be pissed. There's going to be a lot of people pissed. And if Merrick Garland thinks he's getting heat now, that ain't nothing. It's going to get way worse if he just doesn't say anything about it. So I'm suspecting he's going to say something that tries to put people's minds at ease. Whether it'll be enough to do that, I don't know. But I think he needs to say something to give some indication that they're thinking about it. These are clearly crimes that were committed against this country. For the DOJ not to consider it or not do anything about it is absolutely horrific. And I can't believe Merrick Garland would allow that to happen. So on Wednesday, when he's talking, you can expect to hear him bring something up about that. We'll keep our fingers crossed and hope that is the case. Now, as I said, January 6th is this Thursday. It's a year anniversary for the uh, insurrection, and there are some events involved. Nancy Pelosi has suggested that it'll be a day of commemoration, a memorial even for those people that were injured or killed and for the attack on our country, on our democracy, and on our U.S. Capitol. And as I said in the previous podcast, this is a good idea. We need to get as much information out about this as we possibly can. We need to keep it in the narrative so people understand how absolutely important it is to mete out some accountability on this. There's plenty of people, as I said, that don't think it's real. And there's other people that are worried about other things. They need to know and worry about this because this insurrection is a big red flag in this country because it could be coming again. In fact, a lot of people are expecting it to come again in 2024. So something has to be done about it now. So on January 6th at the Capitol, there is going to be a commemoration and some events around January 6th, remembering this tragic day in our history. But not to be outdone, not to be outdone, Donald Trump has scheduled to speak 
at the very time the events start at the Capitol. He's going to speak about January 6th. And what he's going to be doing is hyping up all the quote-unquote patriots that partook in this insurrection, probably supporting them, trying to whitewash the whole situation. And this shouldn't be new to us because they've been trying to, Republicans have been trying to whitewash this for a year. Tell us it's nothing. We need to move on. Well, that's wrong. And you can expect Donald Trump to do that. And it's not surprising he's starting at the very time these commemorative events start at the U.S. Capitol. He loves publicity and he thinks he can steal publicity away from this to take people's attention away from it. And here's what I would do. Donald Trump is no longer president. He can't give us any facts or truth about the insurrection. If our mainstream media is smart, they will ignore it. Don't give him air. Don't give him a chance to speak. Don't put it out there unless he does something absolutely stupid. Don't play clips of it. Don't do anything with it. Ignore it. That is the absolute best thing you can do to Donald Trump. Take him out of the equation, and you do that by ignoring him. That's the one thing he hates the most. Now, yeah, the bottom third will probably think he's great and pray to their Lord and Savior. But the rest of the country doesn't need to hear about this. Here's my concern. We have the left media, even the midstream middle media. They will see it as a big clickbait thing where he'll say something stupid or something outrageous and they'll have to play it. But this is the very thing that got him elected. He did and said crazy shit. The left media promoted it, and he was in the people's faces constantly. And because he was always out there, he was given a certain amount of legitimacy. At this point, on this topic, he should be ignored. They should not expose it at all. It's bad enough it'll be on Fox and OAN and Newsmax. It doesn't need to be on MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC. It doesn't need to be on any of those things. They should absolutely ignore it, and they should pay more attention to the commemoration going on at the U.S. Capitol, because that's what it's important. It's more important to pay tribute that those people that were injured or died or were just very brave in that situation. Pay tribute to them because that's respectful. By allowing Donald Trump oxygen and airtime to speak, now you're just insulting all those people you should be paying tribute to. I hope against hope that media in this country understands that. Consider the righteousness of it over the ratings of it. But I'm not so sure that uh, the media on either side can be trusted. You want to hear something interesting? Now, there are going to be other events all around the country for this January 6th situation. A lot of states will be having very solemn events because of the tragedy of January 6th and the insurrection. But there's one county... In Georgia. Oh, big surprise, Georgia. There's one county that is going to have uh, a special event on January 6th. Cobb County, Georgia. And what they're going to be doing is essentially lionizing those quote-unquote patriots that attack the Capitol. 
show their pride for these folks, show their concern of how they've been mistreated when they've been sent to jail, talking about how important they are in trying to save this country from communism of all fucking things. These people don't know what communism is. That's the only thing they know that's a buzzword that'll scare people, so they use it. None of it's true, of course. But now Cop County is going to have these events, doing all these things. And just to kick it off, to get it started, they are going to, on screens, have Donald Trump's presentation telecast to the crowd in Cobb County, Georgia. So first you're going to have Donald Trump whipping people up. And then after that, they are going to delve even deeper to the rabbit hole and start talking more about the insurrection and the uh, heroic patriots. That could be a mess down in Cobb, Georgia. You might see some people that think differently than most of the people there. And there maybe could be some altercations or some kind of mess. I hope not. I hope not. It's not worth the physical altercations with these things. These people are getting shut down every time they turn around. Just let it happen. Stop fucking with these people because it's not worth it. It is just not worth it. All right. Chuck Schumer is in the news, which is weird, right? Chuck Schumer is the majority leader in the Senate, but we don't hear a lot out of him. For whatever reason, he doesn't act like the um, majority leader in the Senate. You still think it's Mitch McConnell because he's the one that's throwing the weight around. He's the one speaking out. I have a problem with Charles Schumer. I think he's a decent man. I think he's an honest man. I think he wants what's right for this country. But I don't think he understands how the fucking game is played. As much as you don't like Mitch McConnell, he does know the fucking game. And he works the system to his advantage. Chuck Schumer is a little more easygoing, a little more quiet, not as, not as out there as Mitch McConnell. And so he appears weak. I don't even know if he is weak, but the perception people have of him is that he's weak. Well, he's trying to flex a little muscle now. Chuck Schumer is threatening a vote on changing the rules of the filibuster by January 17th, which is Martin Luther King Day, Martin Luther King's birthday, if the Republicans don't get on board with the voting rights bill. As I told you uh, before the first of the year, The hot topic in Congress is going to be the voting rights bill. That has to get done. That may be the most important thing. Without that voting rights bill, all our elections are fucked, and who knows what we're going to end up with. So that voting rights bill has to pass. Joe Biden knows it. Kamala Harris knows it. Chuck Schumer knows it. Nancy Pelosi knows it. Everybody knows it. But for whatever reason, the Republicans, not one of them, are willing to vote for voting rights, to protect our elections, to protect our democracy. And that in itself is fucking appalling. The next problem we have is uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. Now, they are for voting rights, at least they claim they are, but they don't want to change the filibuster. Now, the only way to get this voting rights bill passed 
is to carve out the filibuster, at least change it for one moment in time to pass this bill. Because since the the Republicans won't vote for it, if they use the filibuster, that means you need 60 votes to get it passed, which means we need 10 Republican votes, which just aren't happening. They've told us as much. Everything that's been done since Joe Biden has taken office, they have voted for nothing, including the COVID relief bill that they now want to take credit for. They have voted for nothing. So in order to do this, we've got to get Christian Cinema and uh, Joe Manchin on board to carve out the filibuster to get this passed. Now, everybody's still concerned about whether they'll allow them to do it because we need 51 votes to say, yeah, we're going to change the rules. So Joe Biden's in a position. He's the president of the United States. He can apply some pressure. There's going to be a lot of publicity about the voting rights bill and how it is, and hopefully they're going to try to pressure Manchin and Cinema to change the filibuster at least this one time to get the voting rights bill passed. For the life of me, I don't understand why this is so hard. If they both like the voting rights bill, and they only have to do it for this one thing, what's the big problem? Especially since they've already done it a few weeks ago with the debt ceiling bill, raising the debt ceiling. They had to alter the filibuster or do away with the filibuster on that one instance in order to get the debt ceiling raised. As much as the Republicans talked about not wanting to help out, they had to. They didn't want the country to go into default any more than the Democrats did. But they were playing chicken, and they want to be like the tough guys. So what they did, they caved. Mitch McConnell caved and said, okay, we won't use the filibuster on this one. So go ahead and pass the debt ceiling but they still wanted to appear like they didn't vote for it. And they didn't vote for it, but they did cave on the filibuster. So now we have the voting rights bill. And this voting rights bill has to pass. It's very important to the future of our democracy because without free and fair elections, this isn't a democracy. This isn't even a good place to live. So that has to get done. Now we're talking, what are we, 3rd or 4th of January? They're going to do this vote sometime between now and January 17th, two weeks. I told you on the podcast and on TikTok that this is going to be the first thing they're going to go after. They're going to go after it and they're going to somehow get it passed. There's going to be a lot of dicking around. There's going to be a lot of fucking games, a lot of posturing and posing by mansion and cinema republicans we can forget about them they aren't going to be any help at all we just need to get the filibuster altered for this one situation so we can get it passed once that's passed then we can focus on the other things that need to get done including the build back better bill now joe biden wanted to get the infrastructure bill passed and the build back better bill because he was afraid if he went after the voting rights bill, he would lose cinema and Christian's, Christian cinema and Joe Manchin on the voting rights bill or on the uh, Build Back Better bill. He was trying to play the game here, trying to placate them to get what he wants and then start on the next thing and get what he wants and then start on the next thing and get what's he, what he wants. Well, that didn't work. 
we don't have the Build Back Better bill, and now the clock is ticking, so they need to get the voting rights bill. Somehow Joe Biden will get this done. I mean, he's just the most powerful man in the world. If he can't get Joe Manchin from little old West Virginia to change his mind for one moment in time, even though they already did it once, I don't know what the fuck Joe Biden can do. And Christian Cinema should fall along in suit if Joe Manchin does the right thing. So that's what they're going to be working on. Chuck Schumer's going to try to play tough guy and say, look, if you don't jump on board, help us out or whatever, here's what's going to happen. We're going to try to change the rules in two weeks. Now, the Republicans don't want that. They don't want that at all. So who knows? Maybe there'll be a couple of Republicans that get some get some conscience and actually vote for it. And we don't need Manchin and Cinema. Whoever doesn't vote for this voting rights bill is going to look really bad come 2022. I don't know if they realize it yet or not, or they realize it, but they're just too afraid of Trump. I'm not sure. But the fact of the matter is it's going to get done. It has to get done. And hopefully it's going to get done at some point in this month of January. We will see what happens. Lastly, Devin Nunes. Remember, we reported that Devin Nunes was going to resign from Congress because he's got a new big job. Well, today is the day he had to officially resign and leave Congress. He's going to be the CEO of this new big digital technical company that Trump is involved in. They're making Devin Nunes the CEO Now, here's the thing you have to understand. Devin Nunes' job while he was in Congress was kissing Donald Trump's ass. That's all he did. And now that Donald Trump is no longer president, Trump needs a professional ass-kisser to run his company. So Devin Nunes comes in. I don't know what kind of money you promised him, but uh, Devin might be in a little bit of trouble here. First of all, he may be the CEO of the company, but he isn't going to do jack shit. Donald Trump will run it and just tell Nunez what to do. Uh, Hopefully, if Nunez is happy with that and can deal with that, that's fine. But normally, people who become CEOs have a little bit of arrogance and kind of control freak. So that may cause a rift. But there's another problem to consider in this new company with Donald Trump. It's already under investigation by this SEC. They're already looking at, I mean, they aren't even fucking open yet. This is about how they're getting their money. And how they're getting their money is a little funny, which isn't surprising if Donald Trump is involved. Donald Trump is talking about billions of dollars behind him. But Donald Trump is also a fucking pathological liar. So who knows what is true? Who knows what he told, if what he told uh, Devin Nunes is true at all? Devin must have got offered quite a bit because leaving a cake job in Congress is a big ask. It better be a better, more financially rewarding deal going with Trump's organization. But, as I've said, there's a lot of ifs there. Donald Trump himself could be indicted. Donald Trump himself could go to jail. The company, before it's even started doing one bit of business, is already under investigation by the SEC. If I was going to bet my life, my business life, on something, 
It certainly wouldn't be that organization. But he's too much of a sycophant for Donald Trump, or he's afraid of Donald Trump, and he'll risk his financial life, his future business life, on a no-win situation. I mean, let's be honest. Everything Donald Trump has ever done has lost, has failed. You would think Nunes has, would, would have considered that before leaving his job in Congress, because I guarantee you this, Devin Nunes isn't getting back in Congress. There's no fucking way that guy will get elected for anything ever again. So he's putting his, all his eggs in one basket with Donald Trump. And let's be honest, Donald Trump is not a good bet these days. He's in a lot of trouble. His own company has been indicted, which is almost a death knell for the company. So now we've got this new company. He's got some money backers. It's going to be a a public company, which means he's going to have a board and a chairman of the board and all that stuff. Donald doesn't play well with others. And the one time that he had a public company where he didn't control and own everything, it didn't go well. I think that was one of the casinos. And, of course, that casino went bankrupt. Who in the fuck bankrupts a casino? I mean, they have a license to steal money, and you still lose. God damn, Donald. What an absolute idiot. So Devin Nunez is off to uh, greener pastures tomorrow, today actually, and we'll see how he does. But I wouldn't count on this uh, this new venture by Donald Trump and this new social media platform being very successful. Frankly, I'll be surprised if it ever gets up and running. All right, we're going to wrap it up for another Rational Boomer podcast. want to thank you very much for spending time and listening. If you have questions or comments or complaints or whatever, by all means, feel free to email me directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com. I'll answer you to the best of my ability, either in a, a, an email or on the show itself. So you have a great day. If you're dealing with snow, I know we've got some coming through here tomorrow and the next day. Um, Just be safe. Be careful on the roadways. Stay warm because it's getting cold a fucking again. It was 27 today. Not bad. But it was 20 below just the other day. And now I'm seeing in the uh, forecast that we're going to be in the single digits and below zero again. Fuck, I hate this shit. My wife and I are trying to figure out where to go for a few days just to thaw out. Anyhow, we'll wrap it up. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.